Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 68 of Death Readers, the podcast where I read through books for the first time and Rob probably rereads them again. <laughs> uh, in this episode, we will be reading Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, chapters 28, 29, and 30. If this is your first time listening, as I said before, uh, I've never read these Harry Potter, the Harry Potter book series. Uh, it's my first time and we're almost done. Uh, if you're listening up to this point and you haven't listened to all of the other 67 episodes, man, this recap is probably important for you, but also go back and just <laughs> listen to the whole thing. And if you if you listen to all of them, you're tired of this recap. But like, dang, what am, I'm a you know how to sketch you know to your skip button. Come on. Yeah, but it's a Catch-22, another book I've never read. Hey, I've never read that um, one either. Ooh. Um, so, <laughs> uh, we recommend that you, as you're listening, reread the book that we're reading so you can read through the, the chapters we're reading so that you can hear the notes we're taking and relate to them in, in a more recent way. Everybody got all that? Good. I don't think it'll work as well if you just rely on your memory or your or past experience of reading the book, because that gets kind of influenced by the feelings you had at the time when you read them. And I, I think that that's really important to enjoy this podcast is to read them fresh and, and see what we're saying. You go, oh, yeah, I did read that. I could see what they're saying. Or, God, these guys are so dumb. They completely missed this part of it. Either way, you say you love reading these books. Do it. Um, prove it. Yeah, prove it. Put your money where your mouth is. Um, uh, did I cover everything? Yeah, I think you did. Well, um, do we have any housekeeping? We do have some housekeeping. Let's dig into that housekeeping. So last time you were unsure of Harry's awareness of the snake as being a possible Horcrux. Yes. And I said, I thought Dumbledore had mentioned it and I thought there had been a litany, maybe even as far back as book six. Okay. Which it would have had to have been if Dumbledore had mentioned it. So I went, I went and did some digging in book six, and here's what I found. First part, because these things are always in parts, <laughs> is on page 506 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, chapter 23, chapter title Horcruxes. Okay. Even if he got something of Ravenclaws or Gryffindors, that leaves a sixth Horcrux, said Harry, counting on his fingers. Unless he got both... I don't think so, said Dumbledore. I think I know what the Six Horcrux is. I wonder what you will say when I confess that I have been curious for a while about the behavior of the snake, Nagini. The snake, said Harry, startled. You can use animals as Horcruxes? Well, it is inadvisable to do so, said Dumbledore, and then, you know, did some more old man <laughs> falder all about talking and shit. Then, we skip forward. To page 636 in chapter 30, The White Tomb. He kept reciting their names to himself as though by listing them he could bring them within reach. The locket, the cup, the snake, something of Gryffindor's or Ravenclaw's. The locket, the cup, the snake, something of Gryffindor's or Ravenclaw's. Okay, that was the thing you were trying to remember him saying. So, uh, I ask you again, sir, how do you like that crow? I mean, I still feel, I don't know, I don't care. Yeah, okay, that's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. With gravy. Yeah, whatever. We could make like a nice roux first. Fine. Not like a brick roux or something. I'm not making crow gumbo, but just like a nice roux and then we'll add some stock to it and it'll be lovely. We could do some giblets. Mashed potatoes. You like mashed potatoes, right? Yeah. I'm more of a stuffing guy, but we'll, we'll, have, we'll, do, we'll have a do. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Okay. 
but I think that my, the point that does validate my confusion is it is still that thing she does. Yeah. Where she supposes something through a character. Yes. And then we're supposed to, we're supposed to be like obviously that's it's it. It's gospel. It's that I mean, so it is written, so it, now it shall be done. Again, except for when it's not. It's a good word to use there, gospel, because it's kind of like she takes gossip and use and turns it into gospel. And that's how we're like in in these chapters or in mm-hmm. the chapter the last chapter, I think it was. Um I forget. I might have a note on this one. I might have done it last episode, but there's something Harry says that's like, oh, I guess it must be this. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, and that's it. That's all we get. And it is it is that. OK, cool. Wish I remembered exactly what I'm talking about, but um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we've run into it. I'm sure we'll run into it again. It seems constant. It does. Um, anyway, I guess that's my problem. I'll, I'll own this. That's my problem with reading her writing. Is that when I see stuff like that, my comprehension skills say that's not conclusive. Right. I shouldn't. That's a character having a moment of conjecture. This is literally how you set up red herrings is you have someone like have conjecture and then you basically pull the rug out from under the reader and go, I never actually said that. It was all conjecture. But she does the opposite. Right. Instead of saying anything conclusively, she offers. Well, not any. There's plenty of times when she uses conjecture when you should be like concrete. Mm-hmm. about what you're saying mm-hmm. and i i don't like it i feel like it's i feel like it's kind of like rude to the reader <laughs> but whatever it just it's 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 not gonna last forever it's only gonna last six more chapters so so close yep um do we have any other housekeeping no other housekeeping now that brings us to chapter 28 the missing mirror what's your first note uh five sixty one all right, mine is five fifty-five. Fucker, fuck. Sorry. Go ahead. It's so. So my note is when the three, the golden trio or whatever they're called, mm. pop into Hogsmeade, and then there's suddenly this. All the Death Eaters are alerted that they're here, and they know it's Harry Potter. They know it's exactly him, and all this stuff. It's called like the 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 Catterwalling Curse or something. Yeah, some shit like that. And and it before they like address it and explain it is basically my note is that like. Not only do we have to accept that there's this new charm, there's this new spell that detects apparition, but also that there's something... This this is the moment. This is the moment I was referencing earlier, the thing that, like, she supposes. This is exactly it. So not only is there some sort of magic that detects apparition, or we learn later it's like a curfew-breaking thing, maybe? Who knows? But that also there's some sort of charm or spell that traps them just because Harry suggests that it might trap them. Yes. Basically, Ron and Hermione say, man, we should really try to apparate and get the hell out of here. And then Harry says, basically, why bother? I reckon they've done something to keep us here. Trap us. And it's like, you reckon? You're not going to try? And I think he does try after that. But it's like, I don't even know. I don't remember if they do, honestly. Cause it's I, just... I, think, I think he and Hermione turn the way they turn for apparition. But right. they're actually turning to see like Aberforth or whatever. Right. I think you're right. Because I, I, I thought that too. I'm like, oh, they are going to try it. Oh, no. It's something else. Yeah. And, and so that, that I fucking hate that shit. I, it's, the, it's the supposition equals, like, confirmation. It's the, 
I need them to not... Apparition, like the Marauder's Map, is pretty powerful, so I need them to not be able to escape. So I'll just invent a new charm, which, fine, that's the thing about magic, is you can just make it whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't take any effort. You just say, new... What? what, Something stops them. Right. And then you move on. Mm Mm-hmm. I just fucking hate it. It makes me feel like Superman. Like, I hate magic. Like, it's... (laughs) It's it's that feeling. Did you have any feelings about that moment, or did you just that moment? No, but I have one of those in this in this chapter. Oh, great! That's my (laughs) note for that. Go go take your note, man. Let's let's get into it. Five sixty one. Five sixty one. We've been setting this up for what feels like years. I've been calling it out, and we're finally here. I've been like, oh, there was a hint on that page. (laughs) Oh, that was a little uh, little something there. Did you catch that? You're like, what are you talking about, dude? Let me read what I'm talking about first. Is this why you had all the old books pulled out? <laughs> you don't understand. There isn't much time. We've got to get into the castle. Dumbledore, I mean, your brother, wanted us. Well, well, well. Seems like this Aberforth is Dumbledore's brother. I wonder if there's been any clues leading up to that. Let's turn to the Goblet of Fire. Harry Potter, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Page 454 of Goblet of Fire, Chapter 24, Rita Skeeter's Scoop. An excellent point, said Professor Dumbledore. My own brother Aberforth was prosecuted for practicing inappropriate charms on a goat. It was in all the papers, but did Aberforth hide? No, he did not. Okay, now, we turn to Order of the Fiend. I feel like Gandalf and Gondor. Like Gandalf on Gon- in Gondor? Yeah, when he's researching the ring. He was researching the ring in Gondor? Well, in the movie he was. He went to Gondor. They showed him Oh. going up the, the steep slopes of the city. And Did you even watch the fucking movie? They show him like you're riding away Thursday on a horse. Yeah. In Fellowship, he leaves Frodo, has a little aside. He goes off and they show him on what we don't know yet has been established as Gondor. But if we've seen the whole series, we know that's Gondor. I guess I'll have to rewatch it. That big, you know, the, you know the part I'm talking about where you can clearly see how the street's tiered and it's like a, a big ramp street going up in a circle. He's riding up that, and then it cuts to him inside with all the books and the papers and the candles, and he's furiously searching. I thought that was Isengard. No, no, okay. he goes to Isengard later. Okay. Or. Yeah, he goes to Isengard after coming back to talk to Frodo, and then he gets captured. Because otherwise. He wouldn't have had to explain his presence at Isengard to Saruman because he would have been like, you know what, bitch, I was just here reading books. Run, you fools. Fly. Oh, he says fly. God damn it. Hey, I mean, that's what I do here. I school you. I've, I've never watched books. the films. I've never watched them, Rob. <laughs> that is that is a patent untruth. Order of the Phoenix, chapter 16, In the Hog's Head, page 335. It was not at all like the three broomsticks, whose large bar gave an impression of gleaming warmth and cleanliness. The hog's head bar comprised one small, dingy, and very dirty room that smelled strongly of something that might have been goats. I've paid my dues. (laughs) What? Am I... Okay, you're going to have to spell this out for me, because... 
Are you literally just saying Aberforth has... Aberforth was charged with practicing charms on a goat. They went into the hogshead that was smelled of a goat, and now they find out that the bartender of the hogshead is in fact Aberforth. This whole thing has been set up from the beginning. And that his Patronus is a goat. Well, yeah, sure, but but I'm saying these are all the clues that have led us here. It all ends here. Aberforth is Pepe Silva. Sylvia. Um, sure, that too. I guess. I don't know why it matters. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. I'm sorry. It doesn't. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> but it is all led here to where it doesn't matter. Uh, I can do this. I can do this better. I'm sorry. I'll, hold on. What? <laughs> don't, he don't was pa- under our nose the whole time. Don't patronize me. If only we had, if only I, because clearly you were, but if only I would have been smart enough to pay attention to the, the, the litany of well-established yet cleverly disguised breadcrumbs, I too could have found my way here. But no, it was not for... Those of such meager brain power as I know the discovery of this uh, <laughs> cryptic <laughs> uh, riddle that that belongs only to the, the people of the most superior intellect like yourself. Bravo, sir. Uh, part of me thinks that you're mocking me, but I'm going to ignore that part. I no, it's not mockery. It's just like. I feel bad that my reaction clearly wasn't what you wanted. <laughs> so I was just trying to give you what you wanted. Uh, no, I was just because I had pointed out the clues earlier. And now we're here. We are with the clues uh, saying hi. Hi, clue. But were there any clues about him having a, a mirror similar to Sirius's? Was there clues about the, the. No, 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 no. He got that from Dung, remember? Because Dung was nicking all Sirius's oh, stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's no clues about that. There's no there's no clue as to who the the eyeball in the, in the shard of mirror is. There's no clues to anything. Other than it looks vaguely Dumbledore. There's no clue to like him. Anytime they went into the hog's head before seeing the proprietor and going, ah, that well, dude looks like he could double for Dumbledore. A double door, if you will. No, there is actually one of those. It just didn't seem as interesting to me. <laughs> that's the only part that's interesting. All right. Um, let me see here. Page 336, Order of the Phoenix, in the Hogshead, Chapter 16, blah, blah, blah. The barman sidled toward them out of the back room. He was a grumpy-looking old man with a great deal of long gray hair and a beard. He was tall and thin and looked vaguely familiar to Harry. But that wasn't That's interesting. Not... That wasn't as interesting as the goats. Man, it's no, all I about agree, the goats. But, but I'm saying that isn't also a real clue. It's a clue. That's a clue. Totally no, that's clue. like saying, man, wizards often look like Merlin. Hmm, how familiar is that? Well, you know the Dumbledores are related to Merlin. I don't fucking care. Like, Good she's not. not actually even saying that. She's like, we Gandalf looks like Dumbledore. Like, Sauron looks like Dumbledore. Uh, the, the wizards have a fucking look. And like... Uh, 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 the the sorcerer's apprentice sorcerer has a look. Yensid. Yeah, they all look kind of the same. So like saying, long gray hair and grumpy looking and thin. Okay, he's a generic wizard. He's the color like he's color by numbers wizard. <laughs> like it's 
who cares? That that isn't the same as saying. It, it, what I'm saying is, if she if if she if you're expecting a reader to pick up on that, or you're going to count that as an allu- as a as an illusion, like a, a a sign or a clue, then that is shitty. Like that is a no, shitty. No, clue. no, 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 no. I think it's more of a like a fun the fun kind of clue that you pick up on the second read through. You're like, oh hey. I guess it just it feels like. I think in book it feels six, like also the barman from the Hog's Head is at the funeral, so that's that's another one. But again, like, how many people are at that funeral? There's tons. The Mer people are at the funeral. They're not related to him. Yeah, but they've been seen before. Why is he there? It's weird. It's it doesn't. I, I like that's what I'm saying. Like none of like again. I think you're right. It's supposed to be a second read through Easter egg kind of thing. Clearly, she had it in her mind long before. But like, it doesn't thrill you. It's it's like a Lunchables pizza. It's mm. like saying, no, that's that still counts as pizza, right? Like that's that, still a clue, right? That flatbread, like, tomato paste, and chunks of cold cheese—that's a pizza. That's a pizza because because I called it pizza. Right. I, I labeled it. I think it, it might be pizza. Oh yeah, that's definitely pizza. Then this is this is vaguely familiar to pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, it's a clue. That's how mm. it feels, and I think that that's bullshit i don't think you should get credit for that kind of like weak sauce on your pizza i was trying to keep it in pizza yeah yeah um all right well let's take a left turn uh to 461 okay and talk about uh the attack of ariana okay because it's vague but vague in a very specific and disturbing way and i just wondered what your thoughts on this were because it's it's vague enough to really be truly, to possibly be really truly horrible. But I mean, she leaves it so vague. It, uh, what, 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 what? I don't can know. You, can you get more specific about what you think the vagary is? I feel like she's describing it in a way as to say without saying it's a sexual assault, right? Because it has well, all sexually the assaulted a uh, uh, a six year old. M- yeah. Is that what you're gonna say? I was gonna say Michel- mentally deficient person. Um. Either way, horrible. Um, but it's. I'm not saying it has to be that. I'm not saying I necessarily think it's that. I'm saying she's relying on her consumer bases, um, consumption of media. Like SVU, Time to Kill, a hundred, way too many things, unfortunately, um, that these tropes are suggesting a specific thing while giving her the plausible deniability of going, oh, it could be anything. That's what I'm, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like she's trying to point it that way and say she's not. So this is the thing where the neighbor attacked her? Well, the neighbor boys attacked her. The neighbor boys, after... but then they make it sound... Hold on, because it, that's vague, too. They say that they got mad at her because they couldn't... She couldn't show them the trick. Right, which sounds like something, you know, eight-year-olds would do. Oh, I'm sorry, it's 564. Because um, they started talking about 561, but the description is... When my sister was six years old, she was attacked, set upon, by three muggle boys. They'd seen her doing magic, spying through the back garden hedge. Again, sounds like kids. 
She was a kid. She couldn't control it. No witch or wizard can at that age. What they saw scared them, I expect. They forced their way through the hedge, and when she couldn't show them the trick, they got a bit carried away, trying to stop the little freak doing it again. That's vague. Could be anything. Sure. It destroyed her what they did. She was never right again. Well, that sounds way more fucked up. She wouldn't use magic, but she couldn't get rid of it. It turned inward and drove her mad, exploded out of her when she couldn't control it, and at times she was strange and dangerous, but mostly was sweet and scared and harmless. Okay, so it sounds fucked up, but whatever. And then my father went after the bastard that did it and attacked them. They locked him up in Azkaban for it. He never said why he'd done it, because if the ministry had known what Ariana had become. I'm just like, what the fuck? It's so, what is this? It, it just feels... Yeah, I think what I hear you saying is that what's bothering you is that if it wasn't sexual assault, just say it. Just say right. exactly what happened. And if it was sexual assault and you have to be cagey about it, then that at least explains why you're being cagey about it. But there's an essence of look at me being cagey, huh? which right. is gross or weak writing. Well, there's another thing that like I've been kind of brought to my attention because, like I said, uh, I have been listening to Harmontown, and there's this moment in there where they discuss this concept about how mentally our society has made everyone a rapist and a pedophile. Mm-hmm. And the idea, what they mean by that is essentially that we're all, we've all been conditioned to expect that to be the thing that happens when we hear, like when their, their specific example is the idea that when you hear the word child, you instantly think predator or molester or something like Abs- that. I, 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 I would agree with that. Sure. So like, so like we're, we're all being trained to like see that in the world because we're mm-hmm. all becoming hypersensitive to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's not justified, but it's like, it's turning us all into people who constantly think about child molesting and who constantly think about sexual assault at the same token. Mm-hmm. So like in that sense, I like, I look at this as potentially one of those moments, but at the same time, like I said before, you're also trying to be a critical reader and you're, you're trying to imagine the things that would cause this kind of trauma to a young person. And if the author isn't going to take their time to say what happened, right? Like, like this author tends to mm-hmm. puts it on the, the readers to infer and fill in the blanks where she can't be bothered to. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately in this description, like the things where he, that line about like, for what they'd done to her kind of right. thing. And even it, the it, bastards kind of suggest, right. I totally a fair thing that a, a person would be, would say that about anybody who attacked their sister. I get it. But also just using that word implies now an older person. Right. It um, carries that with so, it. And I, I completely agree with what you're saying about it's me reading that into it because I've been conditioned to see that everywhere. Absolutely. But I also feel she knows that and is using that against me. Yeah. I think that there's another uh, angle there of like, I can imagine a situation where the kind of trauma they're describing her experiencing and like the kind of effect that happened to her and the rest of her life. I mean, I feel like I've seen it in other movies where like something like that happens where like a small child goes through a very serious emotional trauma, like a, a kind of bullying that kind of breaks them and makes them like, it takes it takes a real mental toll on them so -hmm. that they have a hard time like adapting to being the person they were before the incident um i don't have a great example like right away but 
I can imagine like like a very serious kind of torture. I'm trying to think of like I feel like Stephen King has this shit in his books all the time. Uh, like like if you read it or like the first half of it is a lot of that stuff or like the mm-hmm. the, the when I say the first half I mean the the stuff when they're kids. Sure. There's a whole uh, lot of these, Henry Bowers like, cutting into uh, what's his face yes. his stomach. Yes, shit among like many that. other things. Sure. Yes, Th- those kind of incidences are like. Yeah, I can believe something like that. Like, could have that that could be what they did to her. Like, could have been something. Right, that but we're violent, not talking not about just... about a dead boy crawling his way out of a fridge to terrorize her kind of thing. We're also not talking about. Something She's the that magic she takes... one in this condition. Right, but we're also not talking about something that she could actually. She actually takes the time to explain to us what she actually means. Right. So, because she doesn't choose to, and keep in mind, this is the person who chapters before had no problem telling us about how they treated dragons and how they abused and like tortured them. But for some reason, when it comes to a six-year-old girl, we can't know exactly what happens, which it's like that Louis C.K. bit about if you say the N-word, you're putting the actual word in my brain and you're making me think it kind right. of thing. That's what she's yes, doing here. Yeah. She's, she's, she's not saying this character was sexual assaulted, but she's saying enough to make you think she was sexually assaulted. So now you're the person who's sexually like involved. You're, you're the one who made the sexual assault happen. Right. Kind of. And that's to me, I think there's a lot of people who would look at that and go, Oh, it's clever. Oh, it's like, it's cagey. As I said before, it's like, it's, she's, she's, uh, saying without saying. And I say, no, that's cowardly. Right. She should say what she needs to say because otherwise I don't, I don't like, I can't comprehend what happened to this character because I don't know. Right. All I know is what hap- what, what the results are and what uh, how it affected the people around her. Right. And that's not enough to tell me what she actually went through. And I'm not saying that I want to get off on like the fucking details of anything. That's no, no, not no, no, what no, no, I'm no, interested no, no. in. No, uh, but that's what I mean by it's too vague. Yeah, agreed. Completely agree. But she I, does I, that I, all the time. Like it's it's like it's that thing that she like my my only other note on this is that like. I, I really would have liked this chapter, this revelation about her, if it came 200 pages earlier. Um, and then you could have, like, the rest of the book is Harry processing it. Him going through the, like, all three of them, like, when they're stuck in those stupid tents, instead of literally doing nothing, they can be sitting there brooding and processing, like, and talking through, like, what do you think about this? Like, how, how are we going to reconcile all these things we did with this man, despite all these other things? And that's not here. Is they? And this is the first chapter in this episode. So we have uh-huh. two two more chapters where they could be dealing with that. And they don't. They jump right into action. Yep. And so I it's would, really unsatisfying for me. I would argue that the 200 pages in the middle where they're brooding and camping uh, would, would be so much better spent at the end um, which minor spoiler, they're not. The book kind of ends. Um, Lord of the Rings style, just recapping everything. Like we're we're going back here. We're going through Isengard. We're going to scour the Shire. This book series could have used that, and it doesn't get it. And it it it, it always felt like a, a missed step to me. Like when you have that, you know, like oh, not happy about it. No, I I I completely agree for many reasons that this. While I'm grateful to have these revelations. I just don't feel like this was the place where they should have come. Like, I feel like 
this this is put here in this in this part of the book to feel like a huge revelation like she 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 thinks she's been building this up and she kind of right. has been but like just cut and paste all that shit and move it 200 pages before and it it, it would flow much better yeah. than the way this book flows um anyway what's your next note um, or did you have more you wanted to say about this whole thing? Like this. About, well, the next one kind of touches on this. It, it kind of All becomes right. a new note. Uh, the actual 564 is my note. Um, so I didn't realize I was going to read that recap. It destroyed her what they did. She was never right again. She wouldn't use magic, but she couldn't get rid of it. It turned inward and drove her mad, exploded out of her, which she couldn't control it. Basically, she is the backstory. She has become an Ezra Miller. From Fantastic yes, that's Beasts. the other thing I was going to say. Is okay, that, okay. Is, that this, well, I wasn't going to say this, but I definitely took that note of like, oh, as I was reading, I was like, oh, so this is clearly the, for some reason, this is the kernel of untapped lore yes. that she chose to yes. expound upon for Fantastic Beasts. Furthermore, doesn't go any farther with it here. I don't right. think I, there might be a mention later, but I'm saying m- not much more. Well, so, she has her whole like she she lays the whole like Grindelwald was very interested in this kind sure, of thing. Sure, sure, sure. But but there's so this is like it's like a it's like a this is this is one half of the BFF locket that's completed by Fantastic Beasts. Right. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I guess, or if you haven't read the books, you're gonna watch Fantastic Beasts and be like, what the fuck. Um, yeah, that'd together, be weird. Now you, it's like, a whole story, and don't you feel fulfilled? Was was this in the movie? Uh, no, Dumbledore was interested, and also they 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 made Ezra Miller a secret Dumbledore at the end, so maybe it's supposed no. to be genetic. I'm talking about Deathly Hallows. This, was this revelation about his sister in Deathly Hallows? No. Oh 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 oh. They might have gone as far as saying she died. I don't remember. See. I, that's that's what was one of those things that really blew me away about blew me away. That's not the right word at all. Really let me down about Fantastic Beasts is that Ezra Miller's character is so instrumental in the like plot. He's the MacGuffin of the first movie, mm-hmm. and or maybe he's the MacGuffin of the second movie. I don't remember. But like kind regardless, it it's this new type of magical wizard power thing that seems to come out of fucking nowhere and the idea that it comes out of nowhere but also these are prequel movies really like twists my understanding about like the way the wizarding world works so it's kind of cool to see that there was like i said this this kernel of untapped lore sitting here in this book at the fucking end but like i don't know it 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 doesn't make me want to watch fantastic beasts right no and I and I think I feel like the 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 arc, such as it is, um, is that I think they're called Maledictus, but I think I'd just rather refer to it as an Ezra Miller. Right. Um, is supposed to be the genesis of the Dementors. Oh, and what? And I'll be super annoyed if it, if they're not just saying that's how a Dementor is made, but if this is going to be for the first Dementor, I'm going to be like, fuck this, because it has it has that kind of vibe that 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 build to it, like. It could all be setting up for that. And I'm just like, I don't want that. I mean, I Nobody guess that's fine. That. I mean, I guess the idea that like the creatures that live off happiness are in fact physical manifestations of massive amounts of trauma. But like it, that would be cool if the Fantastic Beast movies were good. 
It would only be no, because that's that fan service shit. That's the uh, Anakin making three PO shit though that I hate. Oh yeah, it's it's it it might be a cool idea, except Dementors are already a cool idea being tied to depression. Right, they don't need to be manifestations of trauma. That could be a different thing. So uh, maybe it's still a different thing. I don't know. It's all conjecture. But if the, just the way the beats are being placed, I'm just like, this feels like framework. This that that that's the story vibe I'm getting. Well, yeah, it feels like it feels like Metaclorians, like unnecessarily explaining yes. backstory that didn't need any. Yes, I, she, to, to be a little bit fair, she learned that lesson and doesn't, you know, point it out. She doesn't say have have Jude Law Dumbledore say like happened to my sister. But I'm sure we haven't seen movie three yet, so maybe. Right. <sighs> oh, five sixty five. Doing so much reading. <laughs> Gonna, gonna gonna get a cease and desist from uh, would have worked if I thought of his, uh, well I was gonna say is the uh, Jim Dale am I right oh Jim Davis why would Jim Davis no, send Jim, you a Jim Dale the, the star of such films as Pete's Dragon and Hot Lead and Cold Feet Dane Ironfoot is that who you're talking about what the the dwarf. From the from the east. No. no, talking about the Don Knotts film. Ah, Harry felt a horrible mixture of pity and repulsion. He did not want to hear any more, but Aberforth kept talking, and Harry wondered how long it had been since he had spoken about this. Whether, in fact, he had ever spoken about it. Well, clearly, he's never spoken about it because Harry wondered about it. <laughs> I mean, they're never going to come back to it, but I'm sure that's just you know. That is a uh, gospel. It's more gospel. J.K. Gospel. I feel like I feel like the idea that these, uh, what were they called, misanthropes? Uh, what did you call them? The 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 evil the the what what his sister is? Oh, the proto dementors is what I'm going to now yeah. refer to them as. I think maledictus. Maledictus. So you're saying like the the your your complaint you you compared the maledictus being the potential origin of dementors to. Uh, Anakin building 3PO. See, I think she's already got a pretty bad case of Anakin builds 3PO because, well, like Harry's dad happens to have a Deathly Hallow. Oh shit, you're right. Like he, all all these little things like have been there for a while. Like Mm -hmm. she just does stuff like that. That like oh oh Harry happens to be related to this ancient wizarding family that no one has. Almost no one has ever spoke about almost except maybe this one sentence in one of another books that feels like a fucking throwaway line that because nothing can be a fucking throwaway line. She has to make everything part of this epic like lattice structure architecture style writing. Mm-hmm. Tend to fucking garden JK. Um, like it. uh, But that, stuff like that. That's what I mean. Like like we're, we're like imagine if it was like. Oh, and Cedric Diggory's death was also foretold. <laughs> like, if, if like if everything, it, it's like this aggrandizing of these average yes. moments, right? The, that that feels unnecessarily like self, if like fulfilling, like and, or self-aggrandizing. So, Just use that word twice. Sorry. Sometimes I'm secretly a princess that I didn't realize. That's a fun story, but not every time. Sometimes you want normal people to have a grand adventure. That's also relatable, and not everybody has to be a secret princess. Right. So, like, for example, uh, the idea that uh, Ravina Ravenclaw's lost diadem may be the tiara that, like, Fleur wore at her wedding. That, that... Because they mentioned that it could be. Yeah. Because that's yeah. how she writes. Yeah. 
And I'm going to say that's another one where anytime something might be that way, it absolutely is, except right. when it isn't. Except when it isn't. Yep. The spoons they they were washing in that sequence in when the, or the the potato peelers they were using at the uh, at the burrow, those are the same pot- potato peelers that Professor Sprout's grandmother <laughs> used when she was circumcising the like what do you call those those little roots oh. that scream the mandrakes yeah <laughs> <She> man- was- <laughs> <They> were- <laughs> you were a boy drake but today you are a mandrake <laughs> mazel tov snip <laughs> um the uh the yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like that kind of thing, like where it's like this was unnecessary. Right. Why am I reading this? You don't have new lore. Like you don't have something new to tell me that's great. You have to. You have to make it about the objects in our garage sale. Like I don't understand like why it has to be like this. But then again, there's some other things that are like actually would be worth explaining that she never delves into. Like, what the fuck is with the ghoul? Why is why do they have a ghoul? Um, you know, it's just like a thing you have. It's like um... no, it isn't. No one else has one. They don't <laughs> even don't, they we don't, they don't even really exist in the stories. Houses, really, that's not true. We've been in um, we've been in uh, we've been in at least five or six houses. Okay, that are well, wizard- we. We don't know what the Malfoys might have, and and Sirius had other pests like Doxies, so that that, that doesn't. But count. this isn't a pest. This is like a thing they keep. They feed it liver. What? We've been in Slughorn's house. We've been in Bathilda Bagshot's house. Slughorn's house was. Remember, he was squatting in a Muggle's house, knitting we've patterns. We've been in. We've been in. We've been in his quarters in 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 dreams in 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 uh in Pensieves. We've yeah, heard about okay. No shit. We've heard about Dumbledore's family house. We've been in Harry's parents' house. We've been in like yes, the Malfoys' house to some extent. Harry's um, house was blasted apart. We we never saw the inside of Dumbledore's house. I feel like there's an answer for everything. Everyone's got. But there's something. no mention. Like just because something is absent, there's just because there's an absent of evidence doesn't justify presuming that it does exist. Despite everything you would have learned from reading J.K. Rowling's writing, just because something doesn't say it isn't something doesn't mean it absolutely fucking is. I'm trying to think of what an what an analog for a ghoul would be. Like maybe an owl that takes up residence and you don't want to oust it, kind of thing. Like bats in the belfry, like like raccoons yeah. in your attic, like yeah, sure. But like, it's been six or seven years. Like, yeah, but the, address like the, it. The kind you don't want to get, you don't want to get rid of the the snowy egrets nest because they're endangered. Maybe ghouls are endangered. Maybe ghouls are endangered. Talk about it, but that's what I'm saying. You're doing the work for her. Like Shit, this yeah, isn't no, something. You're, I fell right into the trap, and I wasn't even paying attention. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Other I mean, than it's like uh, they, it they talk about they talk about the for this gu- whole identity switch. Yes, but that's not a real setup. That's a no. fucking like that's a fucking fall into it kind of thing. Like the uh the, they go the the gnomes the gnomes are a pest that they have to address and they have to deal with and they talk about it. If the gnomes had kept a payoff, it would have been cool because they had an actual setup. The ghoul is like a throwaway line that mm-hmm. she. Like is like she never explains how it gets there, but they also use it because yeah, I, I mentioned it once. So we might as well use it. Remember that monkey's paw or that's that fucking the whatever it glory. was. The hand. Remember that hand of glory that Draco always carries around with him. 
Like it's the same shit, man. It's a, it's no, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the listeners because like and this is why we don't have listeners. <laughs> you know, it's just just two grown men whining about inconsistencies in Harry Potter. Like it's hey, I'm whinging. Little whinging. That's what I'm doing. I'm just doing a little whinging. Yeah, it's a little whinging. Um, just a little whinging. What was your note? Why did we get on? Oh yeah, the 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 uh the maledictus. Yeah. Um yeah. The, uh, I mean, like I said, it makes me a little bit more interested now that I know this, that like maybe I could follow along with Fantastic Beasts, but I don't really fucking care. Which is very interesting you say that because that leads right into my next note. Oh, okay. 567. I just want to look at it again. I don't think I need to read anything. Maybe I will. He's still continuing on with his impassioned horror show of a memory. Aberforth, who's just doing this massive character dump. <laughs> the color was draining. Do you mean, do you mean from... like backstory dump? Because the character dump yeah, is just right. defecating. <laughs> <laughs> so many possible titles. The color was draining from Aberforth's face as though he had suffered a mortal wound. And I think she wanted to help. But she didn't really know what she was doing, and I don't know which of us did it. It could have been any of us, and she was dead. Around this point, I stopped giving a fuck. About what? This his story. Oh, yeah. His, he comes out of nowhere. He has this huge, what did we decide it was called? A backstory dump? <laughs> yeah. It's, huge it's, backstory it's, it's exposition dump. Exposition dump is really what Ex- it is. Exposition dump. The kind that just ooh, feels so good. Yeah, it's like it's like right after you have a coffee yep. and you've had your bran in the morning and Guy you had like brand. some figs on the side. Yep. It just kind of builds up out of nowhere and you got to go, but oh, it's like a, you feel it in your shoulders. It's so good. Just so much exposition in the toilet. Okay. Uh, it wasn't necessary. I, I, it, well, he just comes out of nowhere. He's gruff, but he has a heart of gold. And he's got reasons for feeling bad. And he gives them all to you right out the gate. It, it's like a date that comes on too strong. I'm just like, dude, I don't fuck. Okay, you, you know what? You haven't even bought me dinner. Well, technically, he did buy them dinner. But still. No, what just, you're saying is is there's no, there's no, there's no narrative foreplay. There's yes. nothing that builds him up to be anything. Like, that's the whole thing. The problem I had with your your goat notes was that, <laughs> yes, there are references to Aberforth having a goat fetish or an interest in, in goat husbandry, but he, there's no buildup to understand that it is him that sent Dobby, him that has any connection to Dobby, him that has any connection to Dumbledore. There's nothing there. Other than that he was at the funeral, which again, why? Like, nobody else knows. Nobody else in Hogsmeade, nobody else in Hogwarts says, Hey, Harry, you should say hi to, or like, even Dumbledore, say hi to my brother, who I also don't ever speak to uh, right. when you go to the Hogshead. Because even though we don't ever speak to each other, we live, you know, four miles 20 apart minutes? or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, that, I think you're supposed to take all of that, like, estranged family like stuff and you're supposed to be like well of course they wouldn't talk of course this all makes total sense and i say sure but give me a breadcrumb have we talked about the movie angela's ashes ever i don't think so okay 
I, I just, and I think it might even, I can't remember if it's, if it's a pure novel or if it's a novel based on his history or if it, if it's a memoir and it actually happened. If it is apologies to Frank McCourt in advance, but I went to see that movie in the theaters so long ago and it was, it's just Irish poverty. I think we have talked about this. One will say it but again. You can do it. You can do your bit. And you know, the first baby dies and I felt horrible. And the right. second baby dies. I'm like, oh, God, these poor people. And third baby dies. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks. And the fourth baby dies. And I stopped fucking caring. And yeah. this <laughs> felt like that. And I just, right. I, 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 I mean, it's the same death. And, and, but it's, I think it's just the way it came at me all at once, but then kept coming at me and kept coming at me. And Hermione, to make sure to cut to Hermione, who's, who's horrified and tears and Ron, who's just, oh, it's emotion. And Harry's like, oh, stalwart, but oh, this. I don't care. I don't care. You know what? I, you know one of the things that contributes to you not caring that you may not even be aware of. Sure. Is that narratively, this is the same. They haven't slept since they broke into Gringotts. Shit. You're right. There's 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 not been a beat, has there? No. The, I mean, I don't count like standing on the banks watching the dragon and going, "Okay, we need to go. We can't go. No, we got to go." That's not Jesus. Yeah, they haven't they haven't slept. Twenty they, pages of camping couldn't have happened in between. Where they're like, boy, right. that Green God shit was crazy. What should we do next? Well, well, the problem with it is that it's supposed to have this sense of urgency, but then in the middle of the sense of urgency, you have this exposition dump. That's why this really shouldn't have been here. This part of the story should have happened. Bef- like in the middle of the camping shit it should have been one of those things that they discover they investigate they reveal through that to make th- those pages go faster and then you get here they they know how they know they can contact him they know they have a safe haven in hogsmeade they jump to hogsmeade he's like what are you doing here you're, you're putting yourselves at risk and they're like we need your help to get into hogwarts and he's like i really he has this whole thing or i don't want to do that i've told you about like i've told you everything like i it's too much for me. I, I'm a, I don't like, I, I've only, I can protected you as many times as I can. I need you yeah. to be like, whatever that would, that would work so much better. Also, how did the, how did the news about Gringotts and the dragon get back to Hogwarts that quickly? It happened last night or even earlier this morning. Well, like it, they, it's been time. Remember they flew on the dragon for a really long time. That's a good point. They fl- they flew on the back of the dragon until night falls. That's right. Then they land and it's like sunrise. So they flew on the back of the dragon like all night. They didn't okay. sleep though. They're just like exhausted and frozen. I think they land either at sunset or sunrise because I feel like there was this purple or pink sky talked about. And and then they immediately like Harry has his revelation that uh, Voldemort realizes they know about Horcruxes. Right. And they're like, we have to move now. They immediately jump to Hogsmeade. They immediately get into this situation. And then the next chapters happen. All of that's happening with them being like, like, you know how when you try to fly somewhere and it takes you 16 hours to get there? That's what they're dealing with. It's like you've worked a full day. Then you go to the airport because you wanted to save your day off. So you want to leave as soon as you can after your work day. You get on the plane... You fly, maybe you can sleep, maybe you're too amped up from all that stuff, you're uncomfortable, you have that fucking stale air, um, the going through the security checkpoints, all that exhausting bullshit. And then when you finally get where you're going, it's like, okay, now I've arrived at my on my vacation to where I want to be, but like now I'm going to spend my first day catching up on sleep, or am I going to go do something? And it's just that like exhausted 
rundown feeling is how she's not describing it that well. Like she talked about how they haven't eaten. Right. And they, right, right, right. they, they get drunk. Like Harry drinks wine and he's feeling the wine and like they eat a bunch of food, but they don't immediately pass out. Like they get right up and go, we got to go. We got to break in. And he's like, please don't. But like, anyway, that's later, but still like, I don't know, man. It feels like, it feels like what <laughs> my criticism here specifically is that this would all be fine if she didn't pause the action to exposition dump on us. This exact moment in the story should be this large, like, final rising action to the climax. And instead, she hits us with a plateau of pause, Mm -hmm. and it's like a speed bump of... Yeah, but you have to deal with this first because I didn't have I, I didn't have this book structured well enough to have this where it could have made sense and built up. I have it here and it's gonna stop you so you can so I can fill in the blanks of the shit that you probably don't actually care about anymore at this point, but uh, I do. So here it is. I mean, arguably the ticking clock doesn't begin until whichever Karos you know hits the dark mark. So I feel like she could have spent ten minutes and come up with a reason for. There not to be the immediacy of Voldemort returning to Hogwarts, and they could have had the you know slept the night at the inn that they were at fucking at, and and then the morning had the info dump at breakfast. I, I don't know. I don't even have a, like I don't think that would work as well because you need the ticking clock is that the ticking clock is Voldemort learns about the Horcruxes. Yeah, but there's the a clock. second ticking clock of he's on his way here for right, me, because, not just for the Horcrux when she summons right, him. Right, because it, at that because it's two it's it's two clocks daisy chained together. The yeah. first clock ends when when Voldemort f- reaches the last horcrux that he that he needed to check up on before returning back to Hogwarts and right as like right before or as he discovers that he that they've they've got it is when the 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 skull tattoo gets activated right. and then he knows he has to go back because they've ha- they have the boy. So that starts a second clock. So there's there's two clocks that are, you know, they're 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 the same really, they're the same clock, but they get like what they essentially gets restarted or, or redirected. Yeah. Um so no, I think that any this interruption at all in this point in the in the in the action is incredibly disruptive and disjointed. It sh- it should have happened 200 fucking pages ago. This story, the entire arc about Okay, so they they do the Bethilda Bagshot shit, right? They read the book. They read all that stuff. They're like, we've got to find Aberforth right now. That's what they do. Right then. Instead of whatever the fuck else happened. And in the process of doing that, they lead into the other stuff they needed to do with the, with getting caught by the ser- searchers or the snatchers and then the Malfoys and all and going to the cottage or the shell cottage or like maybe even at the shell cottage. They have that action where like while they're waiting, they're like, you know, we really need to find Aberforth and get information about him and like get him to tell us what we need or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like because she didn't give an actual like reason for them to find him, because keep that, keep that in mind. She never gave them a reason to find him and get any information from him. She just wanted to use him as a device to explain the backstory. She didn't have a better way of just explaining. So that's why it has to happen here because it's for her sake, not for the sake of the story. It's for her self-indulgent. I am a great world builder shit. And it's all my, my, my suggestion here is that it's, it's much more ego driven than narrative structure driven. And it's obvious. And that's irritating. Sure. We haven't gotten out of chapter one. What's your next note? 
570. Okay. It's a pretty great introduction for Neville. I guess. Oh, come on. It's your favorite. It's Neville. Why, why isn't there magical cures for these wounds? I don't care. No, I didn't mean that. I just meant like the whole... The, the painting went away and the painting came back and who was it? And it's Neville! Yeah, but I don't... I don't know how the painting works. Like, why is that? It's, why it's is magic. That... <sighs> <laughs> why? Like, why? Why is this what? the one thing they can't figure out? How, like, why? Why is this the one entrance they haven't boarded up? Why? Why does it exist at all? Did oh, it exist before? Oh no, before? no, no, no! They haven't not boarded it up. The room created it. What? <laughs> Come on, man. That's the room of requirement. They required a way to get into Hogwarts or Hogsmeade without anybody seeing them and to a friendly person. And it rec- it created a magical, uh, more of an Einstein-Rosen bridge, really, than a tunnel to um, Aberforth. Does but it buy? can't make food. No, that's 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 one of uh, the principles of Gamp's transfiguration laws. No, but that's that's the reason they give for why it gave them Aberforth is because Aberforth has plenty of food. Sure, so it, too. It, op- it had nothing to do with him being a sympathetic person. No, it had, no, it to had nothing having- to do with it. The, the room well, thought about different aspects. I'm of saying why. in the text it mentions we the room can't make food, so it gave us up to a, a link to a place that has food. Yes. Yeah. So, whatever. I. It, but... The room knows why the. I mean, this is this is the eagles thing all over again from Lord of the Rings. Why the why in the room just you know give you access to Voldemort while he's sleeping? Because the room's not a taxi service. Room could be. Room's clearly yeah, I, a taxi service. It's fucking Uber Eats over here. Yeah. I think that's what I think that's what uh, Tolkien said about the eagles was they're <laughs> not a taxi service, something like that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, it. I don't, Neville's back. Okay, well, uh, then uh, <laughs> I'm done with notes on that chapter. That brings us to chapter 29. The Lost Diadem? The Lost Diaphragm. 574. 572. Oh, okay. But will Aberforth save their lives a third time? <gasps> I don't. I don't know. I don't either, did, but like he he says say he that? might not be able to, oh. so maybe he'll absolutely do it. <laughs> it's like it's like che- Chekhov's supposition. <laughs> don't if you if you introduce a maybe in one page, it's got to definitely fucking happen by the end of Harry Potter. All right, page 573. <laughs> wow, okay. He's so bitter. He's just like, ugh, notes. <laughs> um, so I have a problem here on 573 about this revelation that the Caros are teaching students to use the Cruciatus curse. Yep. Why? Like, here's here's why I ask why. If you are a tyrannical government if you're a autocrat if you're a dictator mm-hmm. you the last thing you want is to arm your populace with the tools to overthrow you and it seems like the cruciatus curse is exactly that 
So why would you give these students the incentive to learn and practice and develop their skills in hurting people and then you make them hate you? Okay. So like, so, right. So it seems like the answer is like, because it makes them, it's, it's like an evil, it's an easily evil thing. It seems like it's there just because it's like, they're so bad. Like, I think that's exactly what it is. They would teach kids how to use Cruciatus curse. And it's like, okay. I think you got it in one. That's exactly all it is. They're bad. That sucks. They're lazy one note cartoon bad guys. Now again, they're like the fucking wet bandits. Like it's like, <laughs> they why? The wet wh- bandits. Why don't the wet bandits leave? Like that's the question about Home Alone. Is why do they not fucking turn around and leave? There can't be that many valuables in that house to justify the amount of bodily harm they now, go hold through. Hold on, hold, hold on. It's the silver tuna. I get also, that, but they, 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 they've got to save face. This kid, this kid hurt them, and they got to get him back. He's just a stupid kid. Yeah, but they get a nail through the foot. Yep. <laughs> they get probably close to murdered with paint cans to the head. Yeah, but those are just kitty booby traps. I'm sure he's got nothing else. And then they can get him and get their revenge. He knocked out his gold tooth, man. His lucky gold tooth. I'm I'm just saying, like, it's the same. <laughs> like, it's the same lack of real logic. Um, it's cartoonish, like you said. Like, that's the thing about Home Alone is it's cartoonish violence. Yeah, it's if you it's it's very Looney Tunes esque. It's it's they they tar and feather them. They they burn their hands. They like shoot. Voldemort them in the don't fa- visit funeral homes, little buddy. <laughs> yeah, but like that's what it feels like. It feels like a really lazy. Uh, what's an evil thing I can make bad guys do that'll communicate how fucking evil they are? Uh, they teach children to hurt other people. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty weak. Like and also um, this is uh, go ahead. This is not a it's a tough comparison, but like he's magic Hitler, right? It's supposed to be. Hitler didn't put the Nazis didn't put just anybody. People they put in what? They didn't put just anybody. No, no, I'm saying they didn't put the 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 prisoners of their camps. Uh-oh. They didn't set them up as guards. Like I was they didn't say, say they, they they didn't just let anybody into like the organizations like the SS. They vetted them. No, I'm saying that they didn't take the people they were being, they were brutalizing and torturing mm-hmm. and murdering and then give them guns. Well, I don't know if that analog quite works because I think in this, the students are supposed to be the people of Germany. These are all the, you know, non mudbloods, not muggle born. These are the quote unquote pure bloods, even though some of them are against them. Um, that analogy is reserved for the people who are in Azkaban and, and, and are less pure in wizarding eyes yeah but then it goes back and forth like this idea of like i have another note later that we'll we'll finish sure, this sure, thought sure, sure. then but like this idea of like they don't want to spill pure blood it's like why since when like they've killed pure bloods left and right it seems like when it no, suits it's their needs absolutely a contrivance because it's clear how tired she is it, it, that's that's unfortunately like i think i'm I, I i just felt like for a while you were saying that and i was taking it as Oh, he's just being snide. Like, he's just, like... No! You know. I, I, I feel like she's just writing to the end. Like, they've got to get through these beats, and that's why it's 200 pages of camping, but, you know, three pages of exposition that should have been stretched out and given time to breathe so we could feel it. 
Yeah, it's like, yeah, it, exactly. It's like you don't, you don't make a dough and then use it. You let it rise, right? You're the dough guy. Like if you yeah, if you make I'm, a I'm batch dough of dough guy. for 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 pizza, like you don't like you let it sit in your fridge overnight or for many nights. I like, right? Like, if, if you can, yeah, yeah, and then and then you make it use it because then it will work better. It's this, this is like I mix the dough today and I'm going to use it today. And that's how that's how it feels. It feels like bad bread. Yeah. Um, it's like she came from. Uh, it's like she came from sourdough, and uh, rich artisan loaves, and then uh, moved into some uh, shitty Pillsbury biscuits at the end. I mean, I wouldn't even give her that much credit in the first place, but still. Sure. Sure. Um. Yeah, I, I, I. Okay, so your answer is why? Why would they do this? And your answer is because it's a, it's a plot device. Yeah, because it's it's something that she needed to illustrate how bad these guys were. The only other logical thing is that they're just cartoony villains, which is not in keeping with the rest of the tone. So I feel like it's just not wanting. To, I mean, we saw how how little time she wanted to spend on their introduction. See, to the me, brother and sister like, chase them through the hallways. Right, right. Never like gives them a name in the first she book. she tried. It's like I got to introduce book. these extra villains because I killed the other ones. I guess. And I want to be consistent, well, but we've have we ever developed these guys other than they're hunched back and like hurting people? Nope. I I even feel like the the idea that would fit better in the structure and the and the rules set down by the narrative would be they cancel the defense against the dark arts class. They don't just turn it into dark arts. That's so fucking lazy. Right. Instead, they again they take away the means of defense from the students or offense. Cause that's what, that's what they're doing. They've changed it just into offensive dark arts class. Right. They take it all away. And then they have like, they have Special like club. loyalty tests. Yeah. They have yeah, tests yeah. to prove the, to, to get the students who would be loyal to like full blood loyalty kind of kids. They get them out. They do the whole thing that they did with Draco in the, in a, when, when a, what's her name was in charge. Right. You know, the, the um, secret inquisition squad or whatever it was called. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. It's the same thing. All those kids get to be, you know, Voldemort's like, uh, youth. Mm-hmm. And then they, and that's how they move forward. That's, that's a much I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it feels like it's much, I, I'm apologizing because it's presumptuous of me to say that this is better, but like, it just feels like it makes more sense yeah, for it feels everything more engaging. involved. It's, it's just frustrating. A- anyway, so that's, that's the fucking end of that note. My next note's four, uh, 574. Mine too. Do you What's want me to go note? first? I, I, I like, I actually wrote love, but now I'm just saying like, I like Mad Max Neville, the wasteland badass. <laughs> sure <laughs> it's fun i like I, this this is why uh, movie neville never felt right to me because i've always imagined just like a little boy not a goofy looking boy but just like a little boy you could never quite keep up and then now he's just kind of rolled into this like rangy fuck it cut me again i don't care i've i've been through so much shit just knowing harry potter fuck you and right. i kind of like i gotta like that turn i like that that character growth it, I still don't I, know why they couldn't heal his wounds. <laughs> that's my that's my beef. Is that um, like? Well, it, I'd say because uh, it, it's the whole I can't take this guy who's been shot to the hospital because they have to report it. They can't take him to Madame Pomfrey. Right, but if the room of requirements is supposed to give you anything you need, how come I can't give him medicine? Maybe he just lets like use it on the first years who are fucking traumatized because they've been chained up. I'll be tough. And you know you're, the chick you're doing stick it. That you're too. doing it again. No, but it makes sense because it's because he's just he's it doesn't now doesn't make sense. No, because listen, listen. 
No, good. No, listen. The ladies are into it. You're telling it. me if he needed, if he needed, the ladies some... are into it. He's noticing that, and so he's like, "No, I don't need the medicine." You're saying if he needed some of that bone regrowing serum, he'd be like, "No, it's fine." I'm saying Neville doesn't need bone regrowing serum. Ugh. I, th- these books don't deserve better than that. Um, the... <laughs> Fair. Pay, my, my page 574 sure. is, uh, is uh, so Electo is right about muggles? <laughs> In, explain. Uh, I'll just read the thing she says that they say, 574. We've all got to listen to her explain how muggles are like animals, stupid and dirty, and how they drove wizards into hiding by being vicious towards them, and how the natural order is being reestablished. I got this one, he indicated another slash to his face, for asking her how much muggle blood she and her brother have got. I'm just saying, like, it's been a really shitty year. Seen a lot of stupid, filthy uh, muggles out there putting each other at risk for no good reason except their own fucking egos. So, kind of feel like what she's saying, and it's not new. It's not like a new this year thing. People have always been this way. There have mm-hmm. always been really stupid, fearful people who don't understand how to protect each other and how to care for one another. If if that's what she's describing, yeah, she's not wrong. It's not just muggles. It's humans. Wizards have it, too. Um, so I don't see where she's wrong. Like, she can be right on this and still be, like, going about her philosophies wrong, but... For him to get pissed about that specific thing, she badmouths muggles for being the shitty creatures they are. What? Like, like if she had said, no, no, it, like, sh- if he had said, oh, she talks about how they're inferior to us because of their blood and that's all, he could have the justification of being like, oh, no, no, you're, you're totally, like, full of shit, that's stupid. But if, if, if she's like, muggles are awful because of all of these other reasons, and he's like... Well, I think I'm a, I'm a wizard, so I think slavery is great. So maybe muggles are great. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just I don't. It again. It felt like really poorly developed. It felt like again that same kind of moment of like I've got to find a way to remind everyone how evil both of these people are. Right. But she didn't do anything with it. She just says it's like saying character is bad because character is bad. Yes. Well, I I mean, you say remind people how evil they are. We've never fucking seen them before. So this is literally character is bad because character is bad. Well, no, we, we, we saw them in the fight in the last book. We saw, we again, they don't have names. But we saw the things that we saw how, uh, like, aggressively they were attacking students and other I, people. I mean, maybe it was so it could have been anybody, though. It didn't. It just we know it's them, though, I guess. Anyway, 574. <laughs> I got another one. Okay, go for it. This is the, it was it's the line. This was something that again I took a. I think I expounded upon something that she wrote that she didn't actually do anything with, and it pisses me off. Okay, it's the line where Neville says the thing about not wanting to spill any more pure blood. Right, and I, I just thought that it was interesting to to consider that there could be an interesting twist in Voldemort's character in that. He cares about pure blood, right? Like, that's his main thing. He wants to maintain pure blood wizarding families. He wants to... And he wants pure blood wizarding families to, like, rule over 
all of the other other humans on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically his thing. He wants to be the most powerful because he felt little and small at one point and wasn't able to process right. shit. But so, but in order to achieve that goal, he he at some point would have to realize that he needs to protect and preserve pure blood wizards. So that would have to include pure blood wizards that disagree with him and that would maybe like resist his like plans because they represent genetic diversity, which is what he cares about. So, or he, he cares about it in terms of like his small genetic pool. So like he actually would really need to be careful with that breeding stock. If you're going to look at it like that, but, and he's, he's so, he's so cunning that it feels like it would be really, odd for him not to consider this as part of his overall plan like the long-term plan like he's got a five-year plan of like coming a seven-year plan of coming back to life taking over hogwarts taking over the ministry (laughs) he's achieved all of that what about the next seven years what about setting up like pairings of wizarding families so that they can have more like pure blood children like instituting like like breeding regiments like things like that which would feel like the kind of area he's go he would go for to build up an actual wizarding like super class but then like when you think about it he also like even in just these books has had no problem absolutely killing pure blood wizards so it's like it it it, it like goes both ways so like mm-hmm. i don't think that she had that thought i don't think she had that that's what i mean like i did this for her i don't think that she had the thought that that would be something he would do but i think that would fucking rule that would not not necessarily like getting into the minutia about the breeding pairs and shit like that, but like the explanation of him being like, I actually need to be really careful with pure blood wizards because it's part of my philosophy that mixed blood wizards or spontaneous wizards are evil or are are like sub sub a subcategory that needs to be exterminated. Right. And I think that only pure blood should exist. So how does that work in practice? What's the what's the like plan there and and she never goes into it and then like it doesn't fucking matter because then in, later in this chapter neville says something like well then they went after my gran and then she showed him what, what what for and now i feel like they're just gonna kill me and it's like so they don't care about that they just don't give a shit about keeping like bloodlines around i thought what he was saying was i have made such a stink that it's no longer a consideration but that's what i'm saying it should be there's like they already talk about like there's a there's a real like low number of pure blood families right we talked about how many times like you're gonna end up with like inbreeding problems with this few this few people so like you're going to either have to accept crossbreeding with non-magic humans or you're going to have to maintain those pure bloods and and do the math on who can breed with who to to decrease the likelihood of like genetic uh, problems. Sure. I just, I don't think Voldemort's rationale comes from a rational place. I don't think it does either, but like it also so like, it's not like he's, he's still considering pretty, that, but he's still really conniving. Like he's really clever. He's really like the whole process of like how methodically he went through making his, and specifically he went through making his Horcruxes, how like how hard he worked at resurrecting himself oh, sh- multiple yeah. different ways. Sure. Like he's, He's a forward thinker and he can get shit like that done. Why isn't he thinking about like actually ruling the planet? I I, I think it's, I think it's 
the thought process is as far as, and I'm probably doing her work again, but uh, giving anybody pure blood enough uh, of a leeway to say, see how things could be better if you join me. And then when they don't, it's like, okay, fine, fucking kill them. It's just that kind of mentality operating. We don't want to yeah, I mean, spill pl- pure blood, but we will. Yeah, I still think that somebody should walk up to him and go, stop. Like, like, I mean, it just feels like that's what he these needs, whole books he, are about, man. He, well, yeah, he needs a Goebbels is what I'm saying. He needs somebody to come <laughs> up to him and say, Christ. like, like, <laughs> hey, man, I get that you're like, you're charismatic. You're like all like fire and brimstone. You're, you're you've got the, uh, you've got the capacity to whip these people up into a fervor behind you. But let's talk about like the science behind what you're doing mm-hmm. and how we can plan ahead. Um, and I kind of think he could be this, he could fill both roles. Like just knowing how, like, like the whole, the whole, like the amount of process it went through to protect the locket. Like he didn't go through any more of those like precautions with any of the other. Uh, That's a really good point. Under some like, shitty floorboards. Shitty floorboards. There's well, we don't the, know. We don't know that the box wasn't horribly protected. The, he opened Literally it up. giving two, two of his Horcruxes to two of his, uh, his death Idiot. eaters and yeah. yeah and then one of them literally just hands them to a kid <laughs> and the other one just keeps them in a vault with a pretty good spell like that spell was pretty a pretty good protection spell but like how are you supposed to get in there to get any of your gold if it will kill whoever touches it I, mean, the, I guess you can undo the charm the rightful owner can get it sure but still it, it feels like there's a whole lot of them that don't have those kind of protections sure um anyway Uh, yeah, I, I just feel like <laughs> he's even bad at being magic Hitler, I guess is what I'm saying. But the end of my notes. Oh, the end of your notes for that chapter? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's the end of the notes for that chapter for me too. So that brings us to chapter 30. The sacking of Severus Snape. I want to make it clear. I'm not trying to be sympathetic to Hitler. <laughs> 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 I, I feel like I have to say that. It's just like. So much of what uh, Voldemort's arc and his motivations are, are clearly based on the eugenics and, like, like uh, mishandling of scientific theories that the Nazis pursued and, and glorified. Right. So, to have this guy, this character, be so much of that, but then not actually talk about that... Not like it's the weakness of these books. She just doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't give a fuck of being like, let's really get into like, let's let's draw this metaphor out and show you how this would look if a person did it. Like if, if a person was trying to convince you that somebody was inferior to you based on their race, this is what that would look like. Mm-hmm. It's not just using like slurs. It's using it's it's using like flawed logic like convincing but flawed logic to get you to believe that certain groups of people certain heritages certain ethnicities have some sort of deficiency that you're privileged to not have and then you buy into that because who doesn't want to like feel better about themselves and then they then that leads you down a path of, of committing fucking horrible crimes against other humans because you've, you've been convinced you're righteous in it. 
it it goes for like it goes it goes for any ideology that eventually leads down that path whether it be religion or philosophy or some sort of like race-based bullshit like they all go that way so like Mm -hmm. show us that right in this story if that's the metaphor you're gonna call if that's the thing that the 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 big thing you're gonna like have is be the crux of the bad guy in the story do something with it and i don't feel like she has and i don't trust that she will considering how little's left i don't think so anyway uh chapter 30 the sacking of severus snape uh my first page note is 595 that's you. So everyone's just okay with using unforgivable curses now? Yep. Just like everyone? Yep. First thing I thought of when I read that, and I'm like, oh, Doug's going to notice that. Yeah, but just, it's fine. It's, yeah. And, and presented as such a, oh, God, such a, a bullshit hero moment from like an action film. Yeah. It's, you shouldn't you have never, done that. Did you ever see that movie uh, Three Kings? Long time it's like ago, the, it's like Three Kings, where the guy pours like oil down. Uh, who's the actor's mouth? Is that Matt Damon? I don't remember him in Three Kings. No, it was not Matt Damon. It's fucking. It's uh, Marky Mark. He pours like oil down Marky Mark's throat, and then like attaches like a car battery to him to some parts of his body or something like that it's like that it's like but if that guy was the hero it's literally torturing someone it's physically abusing someone as a hero move harry fully equipped with expelliarmus and stunning spells deliberately easily eases into using a unforgivable curse that is tantamount to the kind of physical torture that leaves the victim unconscious like paralyzed with with pain and Th- arguably uh not just justified in this text but glorified yes like, isn't this gl- great exactly. that we're doing this well not only that but then like mcgonagall does it too Chief that's Crucius? the one that really shocked me yeah that i don't remember i thought i remember him her like knocking him out and wrapping him up well i hope i'm right you know, uh, nah. Yeah, she uses the Imperius curse. Oh, yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, she. I, I was, I was actually. I thought. I thought we were earlier. I thought it was when, uh, when, when, when Harry used it on Caro when he spit on McGonagall. That's what I thought we were talking about. We are, but they're both unforgivable curses. And as I've addressed earlier, sure. in my opinion, they're base. They're all supposed to be equivalently awful. Yeah. So, like, yes, they're not using Avada Kedavra, but. It's an unforgivable curse. It's, yeah, why go out of your way to talk about how they're all unforgivable, they're all awful, and then just start giving your heroes the license to use them? Yeah. And she does it so casually, like, Imperio, mm, give me your wands, mm-hmm, okay. And it moves on. There's no, like, there's no, like, recognition of this being, like, like I, I think I said last episode, like, there's no recognition of this being, like, a a a crossing the threshold. Right. There's no moment of being like, oh, wow, things have really changed because now we're all using unforgivable curses. Or even a, a, a discussion of, you know what? I mean, all the adults do it. We just tell it to kids so they're not fucking around in the hallway and period right. people and Nevada cadavering shit because we had to write, oh, so much paperwork. So that's right. just, but, but once you, once, once you're out of school, everyone knows adults can do it. It's whatever. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it sucks. I hate it. Um, <clears throat> my next note is uh, 605. 
Okay, five ninety nine. Okay. I guess this does seem to confirm that Animagi need wants to transform. Well, no. Well, hold on. Let me look at it then. Oh, no, well, I don't... Okay, hold I'm on. saying no to something different. Hold on. He jumped. You mean he's dead? No, he's not dead, said McGonagall bitterly. Unlike Dumbledore, he was still carrying a wand, and he seems to have learned a few tricks from his master. And then we see the huge bat-like Severus Snape shape. Uh, you don't think that's what this is? You're, you're presuming that it's an Animagus thing. I'm... I think it's come up before that you need to have a wand, maybe. And then but there's seen... But having bat-like features doesn't mean you're an Animagus. But there's also the... Uh, Pettigrew had to pick up that wand in the movie version of Prisoner of Azkaban before he turned into a rat. Sure. I'm saying, like, I don't know how this relates to whether or not you have to have a wand to use Animagus powers. I'm saying this doesn't confirm that Severus is an Animagus. You don't think he's a Batamagus? No, I don't. You don't think he's Bat Snape? No. No more than I think that Victor Crumb is a shark Animagus. That's true. That's what I'm talking about, is that there are definitely instances in the past of wizards being able to imbue themselves with the features of animals to take on characteristics that would be advantageous in certain circumstances, and it has nothing to do with being an animagus. Do you think, do you think wizards need wands to be... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Because <laughs> they need him to, to teleport or whatever the fuck that's called. It's never uh, apparate. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's never. Know. It's never. I've never thought about whether or not they needed wands to be to activate their animagi. <laughs> Clearly, you have. <laughs> but I feel like, unfortunately, that's all predicated on this part of the book. <laughs> and I've just explained to you how it that is a fallacious presumption. It is. It is a logical fallacy. I did not argue well. It was not well reasoned. I apologize. I no oh, longer. You don't need to apologize. I no. Lo- I'm not apologizing to you. I'm apologizing to me. I let myself down. I no longer belong in Ravenclaw. <laughs> Let's get my things and move to fucking Hufflepuff, I guess. I don't want to be in Ravenclaw just because I was able to figure that out. What are you talking about? What the on what I don't measure like riddles. is man's I greatest hate... ch- treasure? I hate that fucking, oh, you have to answer a riddle or you can't come inside. Fuck you. <laughs> I like the thing. I like the answer to the riddle about uh, the whatever, the phoenix and the flame. Yeah. I liked the answer of a ring has no start or no beginning or Circle has whatever. no beginning. Circle has no beginning, yeah. That, that's the exact correct answer to chicken and egg. I get yeah. it. That's cool. But also, like, the one about, like, where do all lost items go? They go to where everything... The state of not being, you. yeah, that was a bit... Well, maybe stupid. Maybe we're just not smart enough. That's why I don't want to be... If, if that's what it takes to be smart enough to get into Ravenclaw, then I would gladly be in Hufflepuff. Ravenclaw can have their fancy tower with the great views. What does the Hufflepuff, like, common room even look like? Um, If it's anything like the Lego video game, a lot of plants, trees and shit. Very hobbity. Oh, weird. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's never shown any in any media other than that that I know of, but I wouldn't be surprised if they asked her about it. <laughs> She's just like, oh, no, you know how they, what's 
in an interview or a junket, what's the Hufflepuff common room like? And she's like, well, you know how they're like the catch-all house? They're the house where no, everybody who doesn't fit anywhere else goes because I'm not that creative. Um, you know, they're the, they're the shit house. They're just where everything that's not they're the, the house where all the waste students go well it's also where all where, where you know how i said that wizards don't poop they just vanish their poop well that's where the that's where all the poop goes is to the into into hufflepuff's common room <laughs> where do you think sprout gets all that fertilizer oh damn it fits what? it fits it's gross wizard gonna get shit. a lot of diseases but <laughs> anyway um my next note six oh three. That's you then. Hogwarts going to self defense mode is kind of fun. I like that. It's fine. It's fine. It's the, the guys with the, the armor suits of armor. They're not just for decoration. And yeah, I don't see how that's going to help them at all. But fine, it's fine. Okay. Like I mean, just think about it. Okay, you have a you have an animated suit of armor. Yep. I mean, have you not watched Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Isn't what's the one that makes things explode in Gorgio? Yeah, but I'm talking about I'm talking about old magic. I'm talking about Traguna yeah. McCoy's Tricorum Satis D. Yeah, I'm talking about Ingorgio, 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 Ingorgio. Like there's like six suits of armor or something. Uh-huh. Boom, 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 boom. They're all done. One wizard from twenty yards, it's done. So it, it that's that's what I'm that's. What I'm, I mean, I think you still have to aim. You can't just will your spell towards your opponent, even though it seems like you should. Cause spells, right, the hardest thing to do for any human miss. is point. Right. <laughs> in, a, in a fight, it's hard. It's tricky. Oh, yeah, it's really hard to point. You really have to mean it. When you point, you got to mean it. <laughs> I know exactly what Bellatrix was talking about. you got to mean it. <laughs> I, I did like it. It just felt like it just... I would have liked it. Okay, here's what I would have been. I don't know. This is just me being me, okay? All right, all right. All right. Suits of armor are cool. Yeah. What would have been cooler is if they somehow used, like, like are there gargoyles at Hogwarts? Are there, like, you know, is there a way where they could turn the stone itself, like the foundation, the masonry of the castle into some sort of golems that could break free and animate and, like, stretch and flex and, like, little bits of uh, dirt and rock crumble from them as they, like get fully animated and they become like uh, you know articulate and they can just run out and like Goliath, smash shit up and, Goliath and hmm? Demona they were in Scotland right I don't know what that is Gargoyles oh the the, the Disney TV animated show yeah yeah sure yeah. Yeah. yeah cross it over man well I mean they're not Dis- they're Warner Brothers man um, but uh, but yeah animated gargoyles are not a fully Disney owned property despite Hunchback of Notre Dame and gargoyles right but I just I want I wanted Keith David and Harry Potter well, who doesn't but <laughs> um, I mean all, all we get at least so far is this one thing about animated suits of armor and it just feels like that's it I feel like there's not it's not enough like if you played something like Dragon Age Origins you gotta go get all the werewolves on your side you gotta go get the elf crew you got to go talk to the dwarves like you have to get and in those ways you have to get these like parts of them like you have to qu- equip those factions of your overall overall army force mm-hmm. with like special bits of advancements because you really want to have them like be 
specifically outfitted for a, a task. Right. This that's what I want here. I want to like I liked hearing like oh I'm gonna like like and they're kind of doing that like Professor Sprout's like I'm gonna go get these plants. I want to see I want to see these things fight Death Eaters. Cool. That's cool. I'm excited to see that happen. If it's just her saying it will happen and that's all we see, that's, that'll suck. Um, uh, the idea of, of Flitwick setting up those charms, that's fine. But, like, I charms aren't really that visual. Right. They don't really, like, you don't really see them do much. They're just sort of, like, Well, we don't see them do much left. We might, we might see domes of protective energy doing their dome shit. Yeah, sure, maybe. But usually domes of protective energy just stop things from coming in until they fail and then they dissolve and things get in. That's there that's not really that. Well, I mean, let's let's exciting. think about any other media that has domes of protective energy. Uh Bad Menace. The sent the, 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 <laughs> the the Simpsons movie. Uh, under under the dome. Okay, this is bad. Yeah. Uh uh The Phantom Menace. I already said that. But oh, no. Oh. But the Gungan City. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's it's fine. It's just, like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. It's, like, that's fine. Just, I want to see something. I want to see, like, the Death Eaters get, like, the like the centaurs. Call the centaurs. Like, like reach out to them and, and let them know that this is it's happening like the thing that's happening is happening mm-hmm. and they need to get here and help out like the merfolk send you know send a myrtle to the merfolk and let them know that they need to come help or like get the squid where's the squid like let the squid have a payoff and like tear some death eaters into its maw um grop like let's get like let's have grop show up and like hagrid be there like send someone to the mountains to get hagrid Maybe that'll happen, but it hasn't happened yet, and that's all I'm all I can talk about is what's happened yet. Um, so, meh. You're not wrong. Or the trolls, like the trolls keep coming down mm-hmm. from the mountain, right? Um, or the troll in the first movie was it a hill troll or a mountain troll? Mountain troll. Where's Fluffy? Is Fluffy dead? Who? Fluffy. I don't. I don't remember a a, a Fluffy. The three-headed dog hmm. that guards the chamber of secrets. I feel like a... Doesn't? Oh no, no. Excuse me. Guards the. Uh, I feel uh, like if a character stone. that interesting and big would have certainly come up again. So I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't even know about who you're, about whom you're speaking. Well, presumably that fucking enormous three-headed dog still lives on the campus because they didn't have a funeral for him. Well, maybe he got sent back to Greece with their because they have an animal relocation program. But they don't. They do. They, <laughs> they got rid don't of, they have got rid of the dragon, the illegal dragon. But those are illegal dragons. Yeah. This is a sanctioned guard dog. Yeah. I don't know. You don't have to know. I'm just saying this is a flaw. Maybe. Like maybe they gave him a new commander. To, there we go. That's probably what it is. You don't have to like explain away her her plot holes i'm just calling attention to them i'm just holding them up to a light and letting my beams of realization shine through so you know or what about all those keys (laughs) shit what about all those flying keys like let them attack some death eaters that would have been baller that would be cool they could do like the lord of the rings thing where they get the all the ghosts get the ghosts together ship of the dead yeah 
Ghosts can't fight. The ghosts can't die. They're already dead, but they could still fight. Find a way. Here's a great like way to like tie up a loose end. Let nearly headless Nick get hit by some sort of magic that actually fully decapitates him. It's the last book. What does it matter? Like, give him his thing. Hey, do you think if you if you made a Horcrux with Nick, you could sever his head from his body? Because we were talking about how murder uh, tears your soul, but the Horcrux oh. is what finishes it. Well, is it Ghost of Soul? No, not really. You could make a faux crux. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a Horcrux, but less fat. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. A tofu crux. What about all the owls in the owlery? Poop they everywhere. <gasps> they could they could finally lift Poopendo or Poopendo, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. And just let her <laughs> they, shit they, on everything. Or just let all the like all the owls attack the eyeballs of Death Eaters. Like there's too many of them. They'll just they'll gouge some eyeballs. That'd be like Get the owls of Gahul. Today our day has come. Uh yeah, like there there should be so many things <laughs> that you could do. That I that she's not t- saying that they do yet. Maybe they will. Anyway, that's uh, next note. Get all the students together and write one big howler that would explode. Oh, that would be Everybody so who signs it just it adds so it becomes like a like an atom bomb of just. Where's preteen angst? Speaking of howlers, where's Professor Trelawney? She'll show up. Okay. Don't you worry. There'll probably be a smell of cooking sherry that I don't remember, but she'll show up. Nice. Yeah. Um, did we ever remember like Harry's fake prophecy? Do we, do you remember his fake prophecy about his death? Neither can live while the other survives. Not no. that one. The one he gives in her class where she's like, where he says like he makes some bullshit up, but the bullshit is that he dies. No, I don't remember a specific thing like that. No, I remember like, like the, like the narrative said he did that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. But like his yeah, but I don't he, I don't remember he, it saying if it actually said that what that one was or not. No, no, I'm saying like I I can't remember what that is from those chapters. Right, and I'm I'm curious about that because like I remember in that moment I I think I brought it up in that episode about like she says very good or she like basically is like cool man that's a you did a good job. She commended them on their unflinching acceptance of their deaths or something like that. Well, but like the thing that struck me was that like Harry was clearly bullshitting her. Right. Like he was making up on the fly, like a nonsense dream or whatever it was they were supposed to have. But like my supposition is that that prophecy actually is correct. Like that dream, that, that foresight he had actually would come to pass. And I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. And I I was wondering if your encyclopedic knowledge of the books. Sounds like somebody's got some homework. Book, yeah, I guess. book three and four, although I would say you could probably safely contain yourself to book four and just skim through it. Have fun. I'll just Google it. Oh, fine. When did Harry Potter do the thing where he lied to Trelawney death? Okay. <laughs> it sounds like you're looking for Harry Potter lied to Trelawney death. I found these results on the internet. You're serious. Sounds like a dick. Yeah. What's your next note? That's it. I have 6.05. Okay. Uh, my, my note in 6.05 is I'm glad that she didn't forget about Percy. That was because, nice. Because I had forgotten about Percy. You <laughs> <laughs> got me. You lured me into a false sense of security. I'm like, oh, we're discussing something positive. No. Um, yeah, he's... it. Again, this, this feels like... What's the last wrap-up that we talked about? 
Oh, the the goats pay off. This felt like not right. not unlike a goat payoff. We haven't talked about Percy in so long. Like a mention in book six, I think at Christmas, if that. Maybe at the wedding at the beginning of this that he wasn't at the wedding, some shit like that. But but like his he, he his whole arc happens in book five, right? Right. right. Like it, that's two books ago. Like it was his his real painful like him versus his dad shit. Right. And it's like to to leave that unresolved for this long and like not do anything with it except remind you that it's still a thing is like I I don't care. Like she's, she's wrapping shit up. I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm glad she is. I'm just saying like, damn, like it's, it, I, it's supposed to feel impactful and it just feels like she's tying up loose ends. Yeah. Like I think that's what my my note is is like. I think it's it's in here like it's supposed to be like a gut punch like oh my god the Weasleys are together and it is kind of that but it's also like but oh my god I didn't give a shit for two books and right. that's like a yeah. thousand pages yeah at least right that's fair it's like, fair I'm sorry it's fair some families sometimes don't get along <laughs> you're you're writing like, the coattails of when I might have been engaged but I'm not that person anymore we've both changed you've clearly gotten lazier <laughs> um this means jack fuck to me. Wow, jack fuck. <laughs> Shade has been thrown. Uh, my last thing is my overview is I still have no recollection of what the final Horcrux is. <laughs> They've been saying it. Even, even the note about they're going to the bathroom, or that Ron and Hermione have gone to the bathroom. No, but he's looking for Ravenclaw's diadem. Right, but again, this is my problem. I'm not convinced that's it. Oh, I see. <laughs> like, it makes sense to be convinced that that's it. I am not convinced that's it. No, but, because but so they supposed it was. Like, I mean, come on. Exactly. That's That's gold. my problem. That's, that's rock-solid. That's, rock that's like a contract that everybody signed in triplicate in front of witnesses. It's been fucking notarized. What more do you want? Would you want her to et cetera, say... Et cetera, et Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Do you want her to say, hey... Last Horcrux, it's the diadem. I mean, I she, think that do you want her to do all the work for you. You should be working I, for her. I think that at some point it would be nice to have a little bit more evidence that maybe it is other than a bunch of children going. It could. I know where it is. <laughs> I know where it, I know where it isn't. Also, because it's lost forever. Well, and also the only things they have said is, yeah, no one's seen it for hundreds of years. Over and over, right. they keep saying that. So really, there's no reason to keep pursuing this. You could exactly. arguably be wasting all of your time on this, and people are about yeah. to start dying. Yeah. I... Now, the the last thing that I, I, I see is that they're going to the bathroom or whatever, but... Together? I don't know. Ew. Um, you made it dirty. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna go meet... I'm assuming they're going to go talk to Myrtle... I'm hoping that's what they do, um, but well, I don't fucking. What do you know. think she? How how do you think she could help? I don't know. Um, she could be a bummer. <laughs> Maybe. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember this part of the movie. Um, well, I'm gonna say that you'll probably not be thrilled. There's certainly. I'm basically parts of- just expecting her to go. Like, I'm expecting her to go. Oh, you know what? The merfolks have it, and I'm gonna go get it from them and bring it back to you. Um, 
because remember in the in that last book with the merfolks and they were like oh they have a crown or something a tiara it's gonna be it's like it would be a thing that was mentioned like that like oh yeah remember this this like completely unnecessary set dressing piece that now i'm going to insist is a fucking horcrux that's it i mean maybe maybe unless there was a another clue in a earlier book that we called attention to oh well i wouldn't remember no it's okay if there is and and if it comes up in the next set of chapters i'll bring it up then good bring it up then um I'm sure you're going to be so else? satisfied with how this book ends. Oh, my God. It's just so surprising what she does with the remaining time. The suspense is killing you. <laughs> no, I don't think I have anything else. Okay. I would that. That brings us to a new word alert. <gasps> new word alert. All right. We've got a couple now. All right. First new word is gaucherie. Gaucherie? Gaucherie. Gaucherie. Being gauche? Or the, or the, the I guess the accoutrement of being gauche? Well, it's actually, it's a noun. Right. The accoutrement of being gauche, like your, 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 your long uh lavaliers and your finger rings and you know fringe on your dress the accoutrement of being gauche the noun is a tactless or awkward act hey and now it's a person place or a thing so i was still in the running for a second an act i'm huh? just saying like i see i have to think of an yeah, act an as act. a verb the act is a noun the, the, the is like a, a punch the is, a... is okay fair yeah. enough fair enough um okay yeah I can see it. So like like a fart. <laughs> sure. That's pretty gauchery of me to say that. I think it's more like everything in Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah, okay. Except for Hector Ele- Elizondo. Well, it's like it's all of the like this is the fork for this. This is the fork for that. Yeah, but he was pretty Don't cool. Don't forget Come on. these spoons. Huh? But Hector Elizondo himself was pretty cool. I don't know who that is. He's the actor showing which fork was which. Okay. <laughs> All right, next word. Okay. Diegesis. Ah, uh, diegesis? Diegesis. Um, is that related to, like, the diegetic music in a movie? Used where, where diegetic music is used in the story? Like a song in a bar versus non-diegetic, which is music on the soundtrack for us to hear. Yeah, I guess you could say that's probably related. They're probably related. Okay, that that's as close as I'm going to come to it. And I just had that explained in a video I watched, so that's all new to me anyway. What is it? Uh, it's a noun that means the relaying of information in a fictional work such as a film or novel through a narrative. Okay. That helps clarify the uh, aforementioned um, tangent. Cool. I like that one. Diegesis. All right, you ready for another one? I am. Adroit. 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 Oh, it's one of those that I could probably use and I've heard and read. Does it mean like... 
I'm going to butcher this. Uh, like the perfectly fitted thing for an occasion, like phrase. No. <sighs> or correct. It's an I, adjective. It means correct. It's an adjective meaning having or showing skill, cleverness, or resourcefulness in handling situations. Yeah, basically right. Okay. Like you like when Jeeves would say to, to, to Birdie adroitly stated. Sure. Okay, I was wrong. I know it. I know it. All right, last one. Okay. Oleaginous. Fuck you. What? Oleaginous. Oleaginous? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> it's an adjective. Fuck you again. <laughs> it. Its first definition is resembling or having the properties of oil. Oleaginous, sure. I don't know. I don't know. That uh, one, that one I saw John Cleese use on Twitter. I'm sure if John, if I heard John Cleese say it like John Cleese, it would have made more sense. Well, he's, he's nearly headless Nick. So I thought there would be a nice. No, it was nice. It was nice. Basically I, describing uh, ectoplasm. When you think about it. I think it's it, the way he used it was more to describe someone being like. Uh, Unctuous effusive like someone being yeah like someone being like um like like a, like, like a lawyer would like being obs- like oh you're so yeah like, obsequious like, you know like like a, yeah or like like a like a sycophant would right yeah like unctuous sure like like your eye heap back to your eye heap sure well i don't think we have anything else to talk about that's your eye heap from the novel not from not, not the band well, I think that was Death Readers. <laughs> I think we are all done. We have nothing else to talk about. All right. Well, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. These reviews might seem silly, but they actually help us out a lot. Check us out on Twitter, at Real Death Reader. If you want more Death Readers content, there's more available by joining Death Readers Patreon at www.patreon.com slash deathreaders. If you hate us and want to tell us how terrible we are, please send all hate mail comments to our Reddit account, you slash deathreaders. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 68 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read through the Harry Potter book series in this episode... We are reading through Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, chapters 68, 60... Nope, fucked it up. Gonna start over. (laughs) All right, here we go. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 68 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read through... (laughs) Fuck everything. All right, here we go. Okay. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is the podcast where we read through nope. books for the first time. I'll start that over again. God damn it. I'm sorry. All right, no, I you, can do this. It's fine. It's fine. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm Rob. Anytime. I'm on the wrong page. Really, Hagrid, if you are holding out for universal popularity, I'm afraid you will be in this cabin a very long time, said Dumbledore, now peering sternly over his half-moon spectacles. 
Not a week has passed since I became headmaster of this school when I haven't had at least one owl complaining about the way I run it. But oh no, that's not it. That's I'm gonna move further down the page where it actually is. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. Order of the Phoenix. Chapter 17, Educational Decree Number 24, page 350. Nope. God. You're going to get Look. back to these notes, right? They all they all add up? I'm going to... Yeah, of course. I'm leaving Jesus. a picture. It's like the, the Pelican point. Brief up in here. I've never <laughs> seen that film. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't, I, now I don't know if you were lying or not. But, okay. Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 16, In the Hog's Head, page 335. Please be the right note. Harry felt a horrible mixture of pity and repulsion. Repulsion? <laughs> my fucking favorite word. Um, I have a little bit of other housekeeping. It's not really related to the to the books. I told you that story recently about that very vivid dream I had that was like this really weird like joke dream. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a Harry Potter related dream last night. Actually, it wasn't last night. It was today. I took a nap. I took a nap today and I had this dream that was clearly being influenced by the entertainment I'd been consuming Mm -hmm. and the events of my life recently. So like, so I guess to clarify, I've been listening to our podcast and reading Harry Potter. So like Harry Potter's at the surface of my, uh, my brine. I also have been listening to Harmontown a lot. So (laughs) like I've been, I have that in there. So I was listening, I was dreaming about my bachelor party from earlier this year. Right. And I had this weird dream where it was me and Ron Weasley and Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> were in a Wizarding World version of something like Las Vegas. So like a Hogwarts Las Vegas. And I'm really drunk. Okay. And like I'd been drinking a lot of whiskey. And at some point we were like we the three of us are going down to the thing that Bobcat's going to do for my my bachelor party is he's going to do a set. Like, he's going to do a, a performance, like, for, like, the bachelor party. And there's, like, other people there that I don't recognize or, like, they're just... They're, I just know I'm in a room full of more people. And so he does this set and he, like, talks about me getting married and he talks about this stuff. It's all in his material. And I know that some of the material he uses is about divorce. Like, he's using, like, the premise of getting married as a way to talk about, like, the dark side of marriage, which is divorce. Well, you haven't listened to a lot of Harmontown. Yeah, and so, like, I... So afterwards, after the set's over, I'm talking... I'm having, like, a heart-to-heart with Ron, and I'm talking to him about, like, that was one of the big struggles of me, like, proposing to my wife was, like, this, like, this, this feeling, like, you know, forever, of this feeling of, like, in my head... The idea is that it's in, if you want to stay together with someone, you don't get married. Right. Because if you get married, then you can get divorced. And if you get divorced, that's such a process that it's like there's no coming back from that. If you're if you separate, if you're just together and you separate, then you could get back together because it's easy. It's it's mm-hmm. just like it's making a verbal agreement or like a, a verbal commitment like a, sure. a, a you know, it's not as official, but as soon as you like get the government involved, it becomes this like heavy, like responsibility uh, that can have a huge fucking like fallout. So that was something that really stopped me from proposing for a long time was this feeling of like if uh, you, you're supposed to propose to someone 
because you love them. You're like, you're supposed to like try to marry someone because you want to be with them forever. But in my head, the only way to actually assure you would be with someone forever is to not marry them. So like, it's, it's this weird, like catch 22, a book I've not read about like, (laughs) of, of this concept of, of like, how, what's the right way to express your intentions to want to spend the rest of your life with someone? Because there's a dichotomy there in my brain. So I'm like describing this to Ron in the dream. And, and it said, you know, it just seems really weird. I think I said to me, it just seems really weird that like people would <laughs> bring up divorce at my bachelor party like that. Like it kind of seems like insensitive or, or whatever. And then I don't know why this happened. It was like my brain, it was like my dream had a punch up writer. <laughs> Cause at this point, it doesn't make narrative sense for this to happen, but Professor McGonagall comes out of like a hallway nearby. Checked out. And she's really drunk. <laughs> and she's sort of like waddling in like something like, where's the party, guys? And then she like falls over and you hear this crashing sound. And we run over to her and we're like, Professor McGonagall, what's going on? Are you okay? So it's it's Maggie Smith, right? Like right. Maggie of Smith's course. in my dream. And Dame Maggie Smith's in my dream in her McGonagall outfit, picking herself off the floor, like, and you can hear like like liquid rushing down her, like pooling on the floor underneath her. And we're like, "What, Professor? Are you okay?" And she pulls out from her robes this enormous bottle <laughs> of alcohol that's like crushed, but like it's it's specially like it's broken in this really strange way where it's like a it's like severed down the side, okay. so where like you could she could still hold it by the neck. And have some inside the bottom of the bottle, but you it, like, it was just sheared off. Like, a, a quarter of it just sheared off. Mm-hmm. And she holds it up, and, and like, I say to her, I say, oh my god, Professor, are you bleeding? And she pulls out, like, the shard that broke out, and she, like, tosses it and says something like, well, does, it, does it look like I'm bleeding to you? And then I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> and then we leave... <laughs> And she's she's still like nursing this broken bottle, which is the the sign of a healthy relationship with alcohol. Right. And she, we walk outside and we're like crossing the street, um, to go to this like another location of some kind. And then I realized that with this place isn't just a like, Wizarding World. Las Vegas, it's actually Hogwarts. <laughs> Hogwarts after dark. She, we're crossing the street and she starts to get sick. And like, I could feel like, I feel like we're getting ready to go to the, the, the great hall for the sorting. Like that's mm-hmm. what's happening in my dream. And then she like, she gets sick and she runs over to like a trash can. And I just remember her saying in the dream, like sort of groggily, she just goes, don't let the first year see me puke. And then like, <laughs> and then like, and then like, that's when I woke up and I was like, that's enough. Of whatever that dream was. Um. <laughs> I like that you decided, like, nope, nope. Right, this is silly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Graham Chapman walked in and was like, I know what you're doing. You're tr- you're being silly. This premise is, is flawed. This isn't going anywhere. We've already done this. We've got the Maggie Smith as an alcoholic bit done. You're just rehashing it. Let's move on. I like that a lot. Yeah, it was a... Uh, so that's how I dream. I dream in skits. Um, even though this wasn't a really good one, it just, no. you know, I felt like it was Potter related and my I told it to my wife and she was like, you're going to talk about that in your podcast, right? And I was like, should I? And she's like, yeah, why not? Uh. <laughs>